I have to tell you something. Okay. I got into the cleaning vodka. Oh, <laughs> that's for cleaning. I know, but it's in times. Yeah, I know. It is desperate. That's supposed to be like when the power grid goes down. Oh, yeah. We have no heating. We have no food. And all yeah. we have left is that beautiful, beautiful Tesco vodka. Speaking. Yeah. What are you opening? Drinks. Mystery beer. Try some. Okay. What See it, what it I is. don't know what it is. I don't either. Smells like an ale, so I think you're going to be disappointed. Damn it. I was hoping it was that quadruple chocolate milkshake espresso Ugh. oatmeal Ugh. stout. Gross. Nope, next. It's actually delicious. It tastes like it's a pale ale. Oh, wow. All right, well. Hello, listeners. Once again, it's your contagion-ridden host, Elliot Flood, and joining me... Wait a second. <laughs> you've just tuned into albion a fortnightly history podcast hosted by a couple of idiots abroad rather an idiot and a brad okay i'm elliot as you already know and joining me via satellite from her toilet paper and cat litter bunker deep in the scottish highlands (laughs) it's casey piercy hello uh, are, are you there, Casey? Can, can you hear me? Casey? Are you there? Can you hear me now? Uh, do you remember those like commercials from the '90s when it's like the guy like trying to get fucking cell phone service is like, "Can you hear me now?" Oh yeah, that was in the '90s. <laughs> that was like <laughs> mid 2000s. Wow. <laughs> anyway, well, we left our home planet in 2017 and sailed the murky garbage seas to the island of Great Britain, where we discovered y'all were doing some weird ass shit up here. This podcast talks about the absurd, the shameful, and the hilariously puzzling history of England and her sister countries that make up the British Isles. If this is your first listen, we're rude, we're crude, and we are contagious. (laughs) This podcast is not suitable for children. This podcast is not suitable for proud boys. Elle, what do you have in store for us today? By the end of this episode, we're both going to be legal experts. Hmm. I've curated an evening of legal analysis of the choicest British laws, new and old. Hmm. Well, the boat's are sinking, so it's women and children first. Let's kick off this episode with our first segment, our fucked up feminist fact. Okay, real talk. Mm-hmm. I'm so tired of talking about coronavirus. <laughs> God, aren't we all? It's all we talk about. It's all we read about. Mm-hmm. It's all anybody texting me for. Like, I'm tired of talking about it. And every time you're like walking down the street, I always overhear people yeah. just talking about it. It's like every stranger on the street yeah. has got it on their lips. It's so crazy. Yeah. Um, well, to get our minds onto something a little bit brighter, a little bit happier, I thought I would tell you about a really good time in British history. Oh, great. That sounds really uplifting. (laughs) It's called the Great Bubonic Plague of London in 1665. Nice. Sounds chill. (laughs) So let's set the scene. The Great Plague killed an estimated 100,000 people, which is almost one out of every four people in London. As with most population statistics, it actually was probably a lot more. Mm. Um, Any guesses on how long this plague had lasted? Um, five years? Hmm. It lasted 18 months. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Damn. And that's like unchecked without any of the knowledge of modern medicine yeah. and emergency procedures. So I feel like that's actually pretty good tidings for COVID-19, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we can go 18 months. <laughs> we can make it. 
we don't have a toilet paper or alcohol or fruit and veg that'll last 18 months, but it's okay. We can bring back some of the old school techniques like leaching and bleeding yeah. and stuff like that. And manual masturbation. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> it works. It works people. <laughs> I'm not sick. Yeah. You're not sick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me just paint a little picture of London in 1665. Okay. Um, hygiene was impossible. <laughs> People <laughs> lived in overcrowded multi-story tenements fabricated out of wood. There was no sanitation. Open drains flowed along the whining mm. city streets carrying animal dung, rubbish, food <sighs> slops, buzzing with flies in the summer. <laughs> and as we know from episode six, the Corpo had employed rakers to remove the worst of the filth and they just chucked it outside the city walls where it would continue to decompose. Oh, Yeah. Um, and by the way, for, if you happen to be new to our show, I actually do recommend episode six called Boss Baby Monarch and the Great Stink. It's mm -hmm. one of my favorite episodes. It's a really good one. Like one of the cringy parts about work or I don't know, having a podcast project is nobody tells you that you have to listen to your own voice like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure your recording is good. So uh, that is one episode that I listened to after the fact. I was like, hey, you know what? That one actually made me laugh. We're doing okay here. Yeah, we can make ourselves laugh. And That's our mothers. <laughs> and our mothers. <laughs> yeah, our parents love it. <laughs> All right, so London, 1665, poo-poo in the streets. The stench was <laughs> overwhelming. People were walking around with handkerchiefs or nosegays pressed against their nostrils. Nosegays. Nosegays are small bouquets of flowers. Oh, Isn't that cute? That's such a good idea. Yeah. Maybe we can bring that back for... Coronavirus. Yeah, you can bring it back to me. When's the last time you bought me a nosegate, idiot? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the wealthy had used hackney carriages and sedan chairs to get to their destinations while the poor walked about in the muck. So they're getting splashed by the wheels and the slops that are being thrown out of the houses. And then mm. water is being thrown, used water is being thrown from the upper stories and the rooftops. Oh. And it's just landing on the pedestrians, God. making like sludge town. Mommy, it's raining. <laughs> no, baby. Close your mouth, <laughs> that's, sweetheart. Honey, that's mincies. <laughs> <laughs> And much like the modern day, London was too crowded and too expensive to live. So many tradespeople lived outside the city walls in shanty towns, like made out of wooden shacks. Um, immigrants squatted in townhouses, which had been previously abandoned by the gentry. They turned these into like multifamily tenements with different families in every room. And then, of course, these properties just went to total shit. They were vandalized mm. and they became rat infested slums. Nice. And now we have the perfect breeding ground for... The plague. Boobonic plague. Because <laughs> it affects your boobs. Am I right? Is it boobs or is it bubes? <laughs> Pubonic plague. <laughs> Go on. That's all I got. <laughs> He's taken penicillin, Puponic everybody. Pubonic <laughs> plague. He's been treated. <laughs> um, all right. So the plague, the pube, the pubionic plague was caused by a bacterium. And we now believe it was thought to be transmitted through the bite of an infected rat flea. Mm -hmm. So the flea is on the rat taking a little ride and the flea is the one with the disease that's also like wanting to eat some humans. So the problem was that doctors in the 17th century were fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> flea, 
the fuck's a flea? <laughs> yeah, ah, man. <laughs> Animals don't Swear carry garlic disease. around your neck. <laughs> yeah. uh, the gullible among them blamed vapors from the earth, unusual weather, <laughs> sickness and livestock, abnormally behaving animals, or an increase in the numbers of moles, frogs, mice, or flies. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking frogs. That summer, before the plague, there was a bright comet in the sky, and the people of London were fearful, wondering what evil the comet might portend. Mm. Space plague. And then, of course, there was the air. Gotta watch out for the air. There's bad <laughs> air out there. There's yeah. good air and there's bad air, okay? No, all air is bad air. Do you remember, like, the Promaya? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Promaya. Yeah, tell us what that is. So, Promaya is, like, a superstition i guess we call it yeah a balkan superstition that yes. we learned about when we were traveling eastern europe and yeah basically people think that illness comes in on the breeze yes so you need to keep all your windows shut um and your doors closed it's not really a breeze it's more of a draft it's a draft yeah meaning like the air can go through yeah so and then brain diseases those old old folks do not like drafts yeah <laughs> um did i tell you that my friend maria she's from a polish family and I just like mentioned Permaya casually one day and she's like, what? You know about that? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, it's all over Permaya. And she's like, what? I thought that was just something my grandma like was scared about. I didn't <laughs> oh, know that no. was everybody. And I'm like, oh, there are literally countries of your grandmother's. Balkan like, phenomenon. Balkan phenomenon. <laughs> Um, yeah, so of course, they also think that the plague is in the air. They thought that they could cleanse the air by just st like staking these huge bonfires throughout the city. Oh <laughs> like my was, fucking God. Yeah. Let's burn it all. That'll clear it out. Well, as we now believe, it wasn't actually the air. Um, but they did kind of catch on that they thought it might be linked to animals. Mm. So Corpo started to eliminate cats. And dogs. Aww. But not rats. So they took out like the main predator that actually would have helped yeah. the problem. So rats started breeding like <laughs> fucking Kim and Kanye choir practice. Oh my God. <laughs> um, efforts were made to quarantine. So this is where ancient times meets modern times. <laughs> yeah, we're in the same boat. Yeah. Oh, the, hopefully ours isn't lasting 40 days I because. Just, oh, sorry. Yeah. I can just picture Boris Johnson like making an announcement like, we're going to have to kill all the dogs and the cats. You can keep your pet rats. <laughs> but unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, the police will like, the police will arrest you if you're in groups of more than two. And the police will murder you if you have a dog. <laughs> so any house with a plague death um, would lock the inhabitants inside. And nobody was allowed to enter or leave for 40 days. Oh. So if the inhabitants didn't die from the actual plague itself, which they had like contracted from their dead relative that was still inside with them, mm -hmm. uh, then they would most certainly have died of neglect because they can't come and go and like get food and shit. Yeah. Oh. So a riot broke out in St. Giles when the first quarantine house was sealed up. The crowd broke down the door and released the inhabitants. So then you have people that are like, you got the plague, you're literally infectious, and then your neighbors are breaking you out and like mixing you back into the public. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. so panic broke out and anybody who was able to flee would flee <laughs> get it get it you like what i did there get it um the plague raged through the summer 
And all these people left. They freaked out. And the people who leave are the ones with the means that can leave. So yeah, this is like the merchant class. This is like the priests and clergymen and stuff. Yeah. So that meant that the city just has a bunch of poor people, a bunch of sick people, and a small number of clergymen, physicians, and apothecaries remain to cope with an increasingly large number of victims. Oh, God. So do you think that means that like all the – since you said like merchants and stuff, like the people are selling food and shit, just ghosted. One hundred percent. God, that's like, so insane. There's no grocery store. Yeah. Like, there's no paramedic. I mean, they don't have paramedics back yeah, then anyway. But I'm just trying. Like, if you imagine today, there's no grocery store. There's no paramedic. There's no like guy at the council office. There's no wait rows back uh, in those times. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I mean, I wait rows is a plague of its own nature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> White Rose is the scourge of bougie asses everywhere that are willing to pay 12 pounds for 11 pods. (laughs) Or sorry, vanilla pods. Um, All right. So the people outside the city, well, they started getting pissed off because all these people, there's this mad exodus and all these rich people are leaving. So they start like refusing the townsfolk passage. They're basically saying like, "Mm -mm -mm, go back to where you came from. Or they're saying, you can't go through, so you can just fucking sleep here in the middle of this street, and then people did. And um, these are the like working class slash poor people who live on the outside of the yeah, city walls. Yeah, trades people on the outside of the city walls. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So all these people started like sleeping rough, and they didn't have food, so they just stole stuff or they scavenged from the fields, um, and that meant that a lot of them died in these wretched circumstances of starvation and thirst Oof. in this hot ass summer. <laughs> I mean, it can't be that hot. It's England. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I should see what the temperature was. <laughs> this is just such an English article that it's like uh, 30 degrees Celsius. They're like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> how am I supposed to live like this? <laughs> so the dead are piling up. And they are, like, literally getting stacked up outside of the walls of people's houses. They are just boom, boom, boom. People are falling, and people can't get them in the wagons fast enough. Their burial grounds are overflowed. uh, Hashtag Italy. Mm -hmm. Um, So they start digging large landfills for the dead. One such plague pit in Aldgate held 1,114 corpses. Oh, God. Yeah. I've... I don't know the dimensions. I'm guessing swimming pool. Could you fit a thousand bodies in a swimming pool? I, I guess so. I'm just picturing, like you said, landfill. I'm like picturing like the dump, but instead yeah. of, you know, VHS tapes and paper, it's just <laughs> bodies. Yeah. And there's just like a tractor pushing them into a pile. <laughs> All right. Party. Yeah. You said it was going to be uplifting. You didn't lie. <laughs> well, as depicted in Monty Python, Uh, (laughs) drivers of dead carts started traveling the streets calling bring out your dead and they just carted away these piles of bodies but authorities became concerned that the number of deaths might cause public alarm (laughs) so they said don't do this during the day do this only in the nighttime and Mm -hmm. that way doesn't freak people out well this did not last long because the quantity of corpses surpassed the limited working hours of the death carts god yeah that's what's freaking people out is the guys collecting the bodies it's not the corpses you have to step over <laughs> to get their fucking water. Yeah, and then hope that they're gone by the morning yeah. like a fucking tooth fairy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing like instead of putting out your recycling and your compost, it's just like put out your oh. corpses. <laughs> <laughs> Remember to use the pink bin for the corpses. Just like dudes waking up at 530 in the morning like fuck, 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 fuck. I can hear the body truck. 
like trying to drag the bodies down and beat oh. the collection. <laughs> <It's like, laughs> nice. Um, so there's no authority managing all this death. Um, basically each parish or each like neighborhood mini city, they um, were just left to appoint two or more searchers of the dead. So that's the title of the person. The searchers of the dead, their duty was to inspect a corpse and determine the cause of death. <laughs> so look at them, tick list of symptoms. Do they have the plague? Yes, they have the plague. I'm going to write plague. Mm. Um, searchers would learn about a recent death either because the church bell would ring or the caretaker of the church grounds would come over and find them and be like, yo, somebody just asked me to dig a grave. Will you go to 123 Main Street and see what's up? <laughs> so searchers of the dead were typically illiterate. They might know very little about identifying disease. And they are also rumored to be open to a little bit of grease. You know All what I'm right. saying? Okay. Yeah, just slide you a one or a two, see what you're going to get out of it. Slip you a few coppers and maybe it's not a plague death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe it's natural yeah. causes. Yeah, just say hey, a cup of ale and a yeah. doubling of your fee. Well, this might be sufficient for searchers to change the cause of death from the plague to one that's more convenient for the household. Mm, interesting. Which brings us to our fucked up feminist fact. Yes. All right, hit me with that C note. I want my feminist fact, feminist fact, feminist fact. I want Casey's my feminist fact. Casey's feminist fact. Casey's feminist fact. And it's fucked up. Fucked up feminist fact is searchers were almost exclusively elderly women. What? No way. Yes. <laughs> what? They're often destitute widows who are parish pensioners living off of charity, and they depended on the small fees paid by the bereaved relatives for each death that they reported. Whoa, I was not expecting that. Yeah, well, these fucking old ladies have to hobble around and look at, like, a dead body and be like, oh, we died of the plague. <laughs> Better put him in a cart. God, yeah. Can somebody help me load this guy up? <laughs> Oop, my dentures fell out. Yeah. <laughs> So working in pairs, they could also be coerced onto the job with threats to their food or pensions. Mm -hmm. One woman awaiting execution in Dorset took on the role of a, quote, nurse in exchange for a death row reprieve. It's a pretty good deal. I mean, I would take it, but yeah. do you want like a, a criminal death row, I don't know, telling you that how you're like basically being the coroner for the city. Yeah. I don't know. They're fucking dead. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. At least they weren't hanged. <laughs> yeah. And were these women appreciated? No. <laughs> they inspired fear and revulsion among a terrified population. They're accused of greedily plundering the dead or strangling their patients. And they were accused of infecting the healthy by intentionally just rubbing goo from the sores onto the living. <laughs> Oh, God. One nurse was, according to a certain story, crushed under the weight of goods she had stolen from a plague victim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's just like straight out of the headlines of the Daily Mail. Yeah, that's... <laughs> and Daily Mirror, which is basically the same thing. Definitely. <laughs> um, also, searchers were required to live apart from the community, stay indoors, and avoid other people. Uh -oh. Sound familiar? Very. They also had to carry a white or sometimes red stick to warn of their occupation when they went outdoors. Uh, this wasn't a new vocation. Women had traditionally taken charge of the deceased for a long time by washing, shaving, and dressing a person's corpse or burial. But these plague days were especially grim. Hmm. 
Shaving a corpse, huh? Oh, uh, yeah. Interesting. Why? Just... You're making it sound sexual. No, no. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> like that. I just didn't realize that people, particularly back then, would shave a dead body. <laughs> it seemed like they didn't care I about I mean, much. if they had a beard like yours, I feel like they'd want to make it presentable for their mother. No, don't shave me if I die. <laughs> I mean, shave my back so the open casket looks good. You're actually really proud of your back hair. I don't think you would want me to shave I know, it. But I've always said I want to open casket back up. <laughs> So make sure you shave it. You heard it. You heard it here first, people. (coughs) Got it. I got it. I know the prospect of shaving my back hair is scary, but we all have to make sacrifices in this unprecedented times. Well, at least you're dead and can't feel the nicks. That's true. (laughs) Okay. So after you shaved Elliot's back hair, (laughs) you also need to dress the corpse for burial. Uh, tragically, the year of 1665 turned out to be a very busy year for the women preparing the dead. During the Great Plague, searchers recorded no fewer than 68,596 plague deaths. Holy shit. And that number is not the correct number because, as you know, not everybody is writing plague when they should have. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of like groups of the population, like Quakers and Jewish people... They like refuse to come outside and be counted for census, um, or they refuse like have searchers come inside and like deal with their dead. So the Dang. death would like ravaged more than that. Um. Anyway, despite the searchers' reputation of being old, weak, and drunk ass, <laughs> <laughs> women of all classes were well versed in the secrets of medicine. One widow Bullen performed the role of parish searcher for almost thirty years. Wow. And then she was also paired because they work in pairs and her um, fellow searcher named Widow Hazard. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Well, Widow Hazard served 33 years. Damn. So these are also widows. So you just imagine that their husbands die relatively young and they just have to go identify dead bodies for like 35 years just to get food on the table. Oh, that's a rough prospect. Yeah. So that is our fucked up feminist fact, the tale of searchers in the Great Plague. It's very fucked up. It's interesting how you're saying how everyone was like so revuls- uh, repulsed by them mm-hmm. and like treated them with such disdain. But at the same time, they all needed this incredibly vital service. Absolutely. Yeah. And they like weren't ha- they weren't happy about it. It's like being disgusted by the garbage collector, guys. Yeah. It's like being disgusted by the lady at Greg's that uh-huh. serves you your sausage rolls. I mean, she puts her hands all over him, so it's a little gross. No, that is a public service. That is a safety <laughs> net. That is for people in need. You respect the Greg's lady. I do. I do. I just wish she wouldn't do a little taste test before she hands it off to me and give it a little lick. Like <laughs> I could really do without that. I also think that she's just coming on to you. <laughs> I thought that was just everybody. <laughs> Has every day blended into a blur of monotony filled with binge-watching alcohol and habitual (laughs) self-abuse? How did you know? Well, allow me to give you a quarantine vacation with Elliot's absurd and naughty story corner. Ooh, I hope it's a cruise. (laughs) Casey, today I want to talk to you about the law. How well do you think you know the law in this fair land that we now reside in? I'm going to say very, very uninformed. (laughs) Me too. Do you ever just stop and think, is this illegal when you're doing something? (laughs) I know. 
Um, today is going to kind of be <laughs> like the episode we did. I'm drawing a blank on the name where we did like the naughty street names. Like oh, dirty. two wheel thrills to Titty Hill. Two wheel thrills to Titty Hill. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's like from that. Texas, everybody. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to be looking at some insane laws in the United Kingdom. Just a forewarning, some of these laws are still in use. Other ones are outdated, but funny. Just wanted to throw that in there um, before Twitter nutjobs come after me, not that we Rightfully. have any followers. Okay, so for example, oops, sorry, I just hit the mic. <laughs> Did you know that it's illegal to get drunk and fight on the street? That's absolutely shocking because mm -hmm. that is all that people do i know it happens across from our apartment almost every weekend sure so does. i figured it was legal but turns out it's illegal who knew okay here's a real one seems insane but whatever Wait, was that last one not a real one no it is actually illegal to get drunk and fight in the street i was just being facetious um okay so <coughs> here's a real one seems insane but bear with me, Metropolitan Police Act of 1839, it's illegal to get drunk at a bar. That gets broken every minute of every <laughs> yes. single day in this fucking country, okay? Yes, it does. <laughs> okay, did you know that after 8 a.m., it is illegal to beat or shake any carpet, rug, or mat in the street? Why? I don't know. <laughs> It's a London law. This is after 8 a.m. After 8 a.m. I'm just thinking like disease, dust pollution. Yeah. I don't know. Traffic. I don't know. Yeah. You, you, is this a literal rug or a proverbial rug? I think it's a literal rug. Just, you know, it probably comes from the days when people are just beating rugs <laughs> all the time beating your friends rugs beating your own rug <laughs> um yeah so there's another good one the seamen's and soldiers false character act it is illegal to dress up as a seaman yes. and play with your submarine isn't <laughs> <laughs> do like the what's the marine one that they do in the states when you like try to dress up as a military person fucking stolen valor stolen valor yes oh my god the original sin of being an american bro you are stealing valor right yeah, now that's right oh yeah it's a big deal back where we come from um it's illegal to dress up as a seaman and play with your submarine <laughs> what if i'm going to a costume party that's my question yeah or, like, what do the village people do when they tour the UK? They're just breaking the law? Well, one of them. <laughs> I mean, what happens if you're just, like, a normal day-to-day -day person, but you want to go on a boating trip and wear a cute striped shirt? Hey, that's true. Or, what about cosplay? These anime festivals and stuff that come to town, surely there's some mm -hmm. kind of sailor cosplay yeah. that happens. Can guarantee there's just, like, a bare leather daddy sailor play. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, they're all breaking the law. Okay, so this one is no longer a law, but apparently for quite some time it was illegal for a woman to eat a chocolate on public transport. <laughs> a chocolate bar. Yeah, any chocolate. just says chocolate in general. What? I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe it was just too damn uh, sexy. <laughs> thank God women got the vote. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Technically... All unmarked swans 
belong to the queen. And it's illegal to eat them. <laughs> uh, well, if it, if, well, okay, so you can't eat the queen swans. Can you eat an unmarked swan? No, they're all the queen swans. Well, you said unmarked ones are for, free for the public. No, all unmarked swans are the queens. Then who the fuck is the marked swans? Also the queens? No, probably whoever bought them. <laughs> Do people brand swans like they brand cows? I don't know. They must. Well, <laughs> yeah, not, they don't burn their flesh, but they might do like the ear tag thing or like an ankle tag. People should just do like what they do to sheep and just do that spray paint. <laughs> they just like spray paint their initials on their swan. But, you know, we might have to break this law. I don't know how long this quarantine is going to last, mm -hmm. but I'm out there. I'm going on my one daily yeah, walk. That's right. And I'm walking by the pond. And a party of less than two. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, first couple of days it looked like a swan. Every other day since then it just looks like two big chicken wings floating out there in the middle of the pond. I think the only reason why I don't want you to kill a swan is because I don't think it can fit in our oven. <laughs> <laughs> True. Okay. I don't uh, want you to kill the duck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So King Edward VI passed a couple funny ones. Um, he made it illegal to break an egg on the sharp end. <laughs> an egg doesn't have a sharp yeah, end. That's what I was thinking. Oh, what the fuck okay. is the sharp oh, end of the okay. egg? You ever just, ah, catch yourself when you're opening a dozen eggs? Damn, the sharp end no. got me. Um, anyway, this offense could land you your ass thrown in the stocks for 24 hours. Like, I'm just trying to think of the context and what you'd want to make this a law. Like, was this just a way to fucking behead your wife? <laughs> yeah, it's just a workaround. Yeah. A pre-divorce workaround. Right. <laughs> Either that or maybe this is one of those... Uh, child monarchs who yeah. like had a bad day and broke his little eggy wrong and one also morning. Just has incest brain yeah and was just like <laughs> i make a decree no more eggs in the shopping <laughs> yeah. um he also made it illegal to stand within a hundred yards of the ruling monarch while being sockless <laughs> that's so good uh, I feel like I, as the ruling monarch of the household, have the opposite rule, which is, no, it's the same rule, yeah. but you can't wear socks in bed because it freaks me out. <laughs> uh, it's no longer a real, a real law anymore. So did you know that it's technically not illegal to urinate in public? What you get charged with is outraging the public decency. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like that echoes in the United States as well. Yeah, probably. Um, but speaking about public pee pee, this is not the only law that's out there. There's an interesting public urination myth that persists here in Britain. So it's technically not a law, but it goes like this. Any male may urinate in public as long as it against the rear offside wheel of his motor vehicle and his right hand is touching the vehicle. Rear offside. What the fuck does that mean? I think it means the, the back of the car and it's. Yeah. Opposite to the driver. Yes. Maybe the one that's like on the curb. I don't know. So then the person must be facing backwards towards the back of the car with their right hand on it. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm thinking. But I have an interesting story about this. But that just means you're exposing yourself to any driver that's behind you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Britain, this is how dogging was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Flash your headlights if you got to pee. 
Um, so one time I was on a run in our old neighborhood, middle of the day. Mm. Can't remember the weekend, I guess. It was fairly busy out. And I just see, I'm coming down the street and I see this fucking old guy doing this. And he's leaning up against a car and he's pissing on the back wheel. That's so nasty. At like noon. And I was just like, what the fuck, man? I kind of ran by and I said, I was mm-hmm. like, come on, man. Like yeah. There's people all around. Yeah. And he didn't say anything. And as I was going by, he finished and walked in and then got into the fucking car. And I was like, what? He was just pissing on his own fucking on car? On his own car? Yeah. So I just was like, okay, this guy's obviously insane. I let it go. <laughs> Years later, like I discover, I was like, oh, this guy thinks that that's a fucking legal statute. <laughs> So this actually isn't a lot at all. No, no. It's a very (laughs) common myth that persists apparently with old guys. (laughs) That is so good. Yeah. Uh, Apparently it kind of like sort of originated as this myth with like taxi drivers as a way for them to be able to urinate because they're often in places where there's no bathrooms. Um, Okay. So this one ties in nicely with another British pissing urban legend. Apparently, it is legal for a pregnant woman to urinate into a policeman's helmet if they're stuck and really, really need to go. I've heard that before. Have you? Mm-hmm. I like that one. Can you we? Chivalry. Well, yeah. I think I would like it better if I just told a police officer that I was pregnant and I wasn't. That's what I'm thinking. No. Oh. Let's so you, get a pillow, stuff it under your shirt. And see no, no, no. I mean, like, not even a pillow. Like, I'm visibly not pregnant, but I'm just like, listen, I'm pregnant. Yeah. Just did the pregnancy test right now, but yeah. Are you doing with a full beard? Yeah. (laughs) No, let me get that helmet. Okay. Then there's the Salmon Act of 1986. This one is still a legit law. It states that it is illegal to handle a salmon in suspicious circumstances. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Sexual. Yeah. I picture somebody somebody salmon fucking. Yeah. I picture a guy in an alley with like an open jacket. It's like, all right, mate, you want to buy a fucking salmon? Yeah. It's got like a bunch of them hanging on the inside. Uh, and then finally, all beached whales and or sturgeon must be surrendered to the ruling monarch. Even the fucking tail whale? <laughs> I guess technically, yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe the monarch at the yeah. time let that one. So I'm like, you know what? You just keep that one. Come on and get it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's just a little taste of the weird old British legal system for you. No more peeing into a salmon out on the street for me. I'm a changed man. I've learned my lesson. I'll stick to a cop helmet. Thank you very much. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Support for Albion comes from Corona Cruises. Every time I pop open an ice-cold Corona Mexican lager, I'm taken to a beach. Let our new 500-passenger party ship take you to an actual beach. Guests can be delighted with around-the-clock EDM DJs on all seven levels from sunrise to sunrise. With 13 intimate and cozy buffet restaurants, a 75-person twister game board the size of a football pitch, (laughs) and our one-of-a-kind saliva bingo, there is something to do for everyone. To book your holiday, go to www.coronacruise.co.uk. The first 19 people to sign up will get a loved one to come for free. If you want more Albion in your life, uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at Albion Podcast. If you like what we do, give us a rating wherever you listen so people can find us like that one, one random guy in South Africa. Hey, dude. Oh, yeah. Hey, dude. 
Well, smash that like. Okay, we've only got 11 ratings on Apple, and some dweeb gave us a one-star review, and now I feel personally victimized. <laughs> Me too. Subscribe to Albion on every major platform, and we'll see you next time for episode three. Toodle pip. Tinkity tonk. Ta-ra.